This is the Essence Reveal Podcast, where we peel back the layers to uncover your Essence brand. I'm Christina Courtright Jenkins, and I am a passionately curious Essence Explorer and Guide, and I'm the creator of Embody Your Essence Brand. Essence is the self-aware version of your authenticity. And when it comes to your personal brand, that's not something you create. It's something you uncover and embody. And that's what we're here to do. So are you ready for the adventure of revealing your Essence brand? Let's do this. This episode is brought to you by Aluva Life Greens. Are you getting all the greens in your diet for optimal health? I know sometimes I don't, and I'm really, really cautious about what I eat. And Aluva Life Greens is a tasty, super easy, healthy way to get your greens in. In fact, in a blind taste and label test, Aluva Life Greens won by 100% against the leading greens product on the market. That means when people tasted it and read the labels without knowing the brands, 100% of them chose Aluva. And that's because it's superior in ingredients and flavor. I drink mine just plain and I think that it is delicious. Plus, I feel so much better on the days that I drink it. I have extra energy and I feel extra healthy. So go on over to aluva.co forward slash e forward slash live inspired. So that's aluva, A-L-U-V-A dot C-O forward slash e forward slash live inspired l-i-v-e-i-n-s-p-i-r-e-d so good i can't wait to hear how you like them hello my friends welcome back to my table i'm so happy you're here and thank you so much for your reviews and feedback it is so meaningful to me so my question for you today is Have you felt it? And by it, I mean the collective burnout. Does it seem like everybody is talking about being burnt out, being tired, feeling like they're on the hamster wheel and not getting anywhere? Does it feel like the universe is asking you to slow down, to just trust the universe, to move forward even if you can't see the way? Are things maybe not turning out like you expected or wanted and you don't really know what to do? And can you see what you want, but getting there doing what you're doing maybe isn't working? So this is what I'm hearing from a lot of people. I'm hearing this every single day from people. And I personally have been going through a process of some personal lesson and relearning of lessons about this concept And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on in the podcast. But can you relate any of what I said to any aspect of your life? I feel like we came into 2022 really hopeful, really excited that it was going to show up with all the good things that we got out of 2021 and then leaving all the things that were uncomfortable of 2020 and 2021. And what I'm hearing more and more and even what I'm feeling is that things are not what we expected, not good or bad, positive or negative. I'd like to move away from those words, but things aren't what we expected. 
And so are you familiar with the concept of surrendering to the universe? That's kind of a buzzy thing that people say all the time. The concept of believing that there's the possibility of something even better happening for you than what's happening now. And that the universe, God, source is always guiding you to the highest good and giving over your desires to that higher power will lead you to the best possibility. So that's not an easy thing to do, to let go of the one thing that is truly your own, your will. And again, I've been hearing a lot from people that they're just surrendering to the universe because they're out of options, just out of options, compelled to surrender because we've done everything we possibly can and there's really nothing left to do but surrender. And then, you know, people like I do, people that really seem to effortlessly live in a state of surrender to the universe. And it seems like they manifest the most serendipitous things. So how about you? Is it easy or challenging for you to surrender to the universe? In this episode, I am going to talk about different types of surrender, specifically survival surrender, subordinating surrender, and stoic surrender. And these all fall under the category of story surrender. So again, in that category of story surrender, we have survival, subordinating, and stoic surrender, because they're all based on a story. And then we're going to talk about another type of surrender, which I call supported surrender. And at first, as always, let's start by checking in with our PEMS Essence Compass. So PEMS stands for Physical, Emotional, Mental, and spiritual. And these are all parts of our compass that when aligned can really lead us to the best possible outcome in alignment with the universe. So just if you can close your eyes and take an essence breath and just observe your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual feeling right now. Not how you think you should feel, not how you felt this morning, but right now. And please remember, there is never any judgment, only awareness. Also remember that when you take that breath, immediately things are going to cool down and settle down in your body. It's my favorite tool for getting back aligned with my essence compass. So just take a few of those. That essence breath is a vertical breath from root to crown. Okay, have you checked in with your PEMS? Let's do this. And as you listen to this podcast about surrender, I invite you to ask yourself this question. How is that like me? That singular question is one I learned clear back in the early 2000s, and it has been one of the best ways for me to uncover all sorts of untrue stories that I tell myself. So it's time for my favorite literary device, which is analogy. And in this analogy, I'm going to compare us or use the analogy of a fly to us, me particularly. And I invite you again to ask, how is this like me? So have you ever seen a fly in your house trying to get out and it just keeps banging into the window, flying into that window, hitting up against it again and again and again. 
And, and I think to myself, gosh, that fly, he can see what he wants. He can visualize it out that window, but it seems like there's something impermeable in the way. And in my home, I have a sliding glass door. And when I see a fly doing that, I open the door. I offer it another way. And it rarely figures its way out, even with gentle guiding towards that opening. It just keeps hitting that window over and over again. So I'm going to tell you the story of five flies, and I'm going to tell it from the first person. And again, remember to ask yourself, how is that like me? And each story starts the same. So I'm a fly, and I look and I see green grass, wind in the trees. Maybe there's another fly out there that I can enjoy some time with. It looks like there's plenty of food, fun, and freedom out there, and it's so close. All I have to do is take the steps to get there, and then I can just fly out to it. And I start flying, and bam, I hit something hard. And I think, whoa, what was that? Let me try that again. And bam, again, I hit an invisible wall. And I think, what is going on? I mean, I desired it. I visioned it. I've done the work to get there, but I can't seem to get to it. There's so much resistance. I'm going to try again. And bam, 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 over and over. I just keep hitting this. I'm getting tired, burnt out, wondering if the vision is even real, wondering if I can get this. I mean, I would do such great things if I got this. I'd help other flies. I'd pollinate flowers. I would live my purpose. I'm going to try again, even though I'm tired. So how are you relating to this? The fly is faced with an infinite number of decisions, but we're going to narrow it down to five choices that encapsulate most of the choices. So fly number one says, I've hit that thing over and over and over again. Clearly, I just haven't hit it hard enough or enough times, and I need to do more. Maybe in this different place, but I will never stop. I will never give in. I will just keep going for it. And then fly number two says, okay, I'm done. There's no way out. The odds are stacked against me. Maybe the system is rigged. This is all a bunch of BS. If things were just different, I could get it. Maybe I don't deserve it. Fly number three says, I've done everything. I've done it all right. I've done everything they said. I guess it's just not meant for me. I guess I'll just be a normal fly. I mean, I did it all and it just didn't work out. Fly number four says, after a long, long, hard fight, they, that fly says, fine. I surrender. I mean, what choice do I have? Fine. I surrender. So which of those four flies did you relate to the most? So these are all part of a story. And the story is where, without awareness, we can get stuck. Something I talk to my clients a lot about is the story matrix. And in the story matrix, there are four major roles that we can play in a story. And then we place other people in a story role. So the Parts are hero, martyr, victim, villain. And we've played all the roles. The roles are really one and the same. There's just so much crossover. So our never surrender and gonna die trying is the hero. The subordinating surrender, the one that says the odds are stacked against me, the system is rigged. 
That's the victim. Stoic surrender is from the martyr. And the martyr is the wounded hero, the hero unappreciated and unacclaimed. That's the fly that says, I've done it all right. I guess it's just not for me. I guess I'll just be a normal fly. And then survival surrender is from the villain where there's no other choice. Fine, I'll surrender because there's no other choice. It's actually for survival. So I invite you to consider how does this show up for you in aspects of your life, like your health, your finances, and your relationships? And what if there wasn't a story? What if you were able to transcend the story and those roles? And this is where supported surrender comes in. Supported surrender is trusting that there is a possibility of something happening that will guide you to exactly what is right for you. It's about knowing that you can't see the bigger picture and trusting that the universe or source or God or your higher power is always guiding you to your highest good. And notice that I didn't say what you expect or even what you want or what you hoped for. It's what's for your highest good. And this really can be kind of a hard pill to swallow. And it's part of why we resist supported surrender. And supported surrender is an ongoing act. It takes trust and reminding your animal brain that you are in supported surrender and not survival. So speaking of the animal brain, the reptilian brain, the basic brain, there's a lot of terms for it. And it's at the back of your brain. And it's the first part of the brain that was developed. And it serves a very important purpose. Its only job is to keep you alive and to continue your line of DNA. It is 100% about survival. It only cares if you survive. It doesn't care if you're happy, fulfilled, or wealthy. It only cares about keeping you alive. So clearly, it's an important and vital part to living, especially in places and times when the threat of losing your life was very, very real. And it can sometimes feel like a part of you will die if you lose something. I mean, think about survival millions of years ago. If something else got food, you didn't. If someone else got the mate, your DNA wouldn't survive. Sometimes this part of the brain is even called the ego brain. I think the ego brain is much more than this. And another question I sometimes ask myself is, is this life-threatening or ego-threatening? And every time I've asked this, the answer has been ego-threatening. Now, I have been in a couple of very dangerous situations where I have been really glad that my animal brain kept me alive. I'm very grateful for my animal brain. And I don't want my ego driving my life. And I don't believe in ego death. I believe in ego management or even having ego be the friend that it is. Back to supported surrender and reminding your animal brain or your ego. It just needs reminding through questions, mantras, affirmations, and other techniques to guide it back from story surrender. So survival, subordinating, or stoic surrender to this idea of supported surrender. Just take a minute to picture in your mind, what does supported surrender look like? 
I was one time in a rebirthing experience. And in the vision that I had in this rebirthing experience, I was on the edge of a balcony and below was just the expanse of the universe and I could hear the ocean. And in this vision, I made the, I was faced with a choice where I could jump and trust or I could stay where I was. So I jumped and trusted and I was caught up in the hands of the universe. It felt like hands. It felt like I was being supported by the universe. So take a moment to just consider what does it look like for you so that you have this visual to go back and see what supported surrender looks like. And I would love to hear this in any comments or always feel free to email me. One of my favorite movie clips of all time is in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when Indiana Jones is taking the leap of faith. Um, And there is a link to a clip of this in the show notes. In this scene, when in order to save his father, Indiana Jones must face imminent death and take a leap of faith into a deep chasm. That's all I'm going to say about that. Please watch the clip. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about and be able to relate it to what we're talking about here. And my question now is, have you ever been asked to take a leap of faith or maybe just step into the dark when you can't see a light at the end? So I would like to share a couple of very personal stories of my own about survival surrender and supported surrender. I have a 17-year-old daughter, so now you know the rest of the story. And just two weeks after her first birthday, she was diagnosed with cancer. So you can imagine that that kind of put our family in a state of survival and uh, survival for the family and obviously survival for my daughter. And at one point in her treatment, she was in the pediatric ICU and she had had a very rare reaction to a chemotherapy and they, there's no treatment. You either live or you die. They can do some supportive things, and in the end, you can live or die. There's no cure for it. So we did all the things that we could, both physically as far as any of the supportive therapies or medications, and spiritually, we asked many people to pray or um, whatever that looks like for them to ask for her healing. We worked together as a family to stay mentally strong and prepare ourselves for possibilities. So we did the things and I held her for days in the pediatric ICU where she was constantly bleeding and um, just so, so sick. And we didn't know from minute to minute if she was going to survive. And I still get emotional when I talk about this. Because it was in that moment when I had nothing left that I finally said, okay, God, I surrender. I can't do this on my own. I give you my will. And it was an emotionally significant event for me. A significant emotional event for me. Because in that moment, when I released my will 
to the universe, to what I call God. I felt a sense of calm, a sense of peace, a sense of no matter what happens, it is for your highest and best good. And not just my highest and best good, because right then my highest and best good was at a lower priority than my child's highest and best good. And in that moment, I knew that everything would be for the highest and best good. So again, a significant emotional event that allowed me to see S-E-E is what significant emotional event, the acronym for that is, how empowering it actually is to surrender, even though I'd come to that surrender in survival. Now, um, I told you the end of the story already. She is now a thriving, almost 18-year-old. So clearly, she survived. I got the outcome that I wanted. And yet, that experience showed me that even if I wouldn't have that I would have survived and eventually I would have thrived because of that surrender. Now let's put that against just a few years later, eight years later, my husband had cancer and it was very dangerous and very touch and go with his life. And he was able to surrender relatively early on and had a significant emotional event of his own. Because of what I had learned from my previous experience and remembering that significant emotional event and seeing what that offered me, in this time with my husband, I was able to surrender in a supported way, surrender knowing that things were going to work out okay, that there was a higher plan in place for me, for my husband, for my family. That was a very different experience because I didn't have to fight. I didn't come to the surrender exhausted. I came to the surrender in a place where I was then open to see what was next and what would be a course of action that would help ensure that thriving. So, Thank you for listening to these very personal stories about surrender and what that looked like. I wish I could tell you that I have just been in a state of uh, supported surrender ever since. I have a few friends who live that way and it just seems blissful, not without trial, but with that deep sense of faith, hope, and understanding that the universe has your back. I recently was living, so just a few months ago, was living what I thought was my dream life. I was traveling. My work allowed me to be anywhere. My daughter and I were planning on moving to Paris into a lovely downtown apartment that I'd rented for a few months. My business was going well. I felt healthy. And over the course of a couple of weeks, everything grinded to a halt. One thing after another seemed to happen, major things. And I felt like the ambitious and hopeful fly that hit the window really, really hard and got stopped in its tracks. That's how I felt. Like I got stopped in my tracks. And because of this, I fell into a deep depression. And when I say fell, 
It was like into a pit of despair and it felt like falling, like I'd just been walking along, doing my life and bam, into the pit of despair. And it really took me by surprise. I'm not a stranger to depression, but the velocity of this fall really shook me. And I have gone through all the roles of story surrender, knowing what supported surrender feels like, even teaching it. And of course, with this, I heaped a big helping of shame on top of the depression, which did not help. And this experience shined a light on my attachments, my deep attachments, attachments that had become anchors that kept me from truly surrendering. Fortunately, I have been able to supported surrender, not perfectly, because what is perfection anyway? And some days are better than others, but that supported surrender has really helped me climb out of that pit of despair and move into a space that is more like what I actually want to be living, which is in this state of supported surrender. One of the things that I learned is that I can't receive the next gift until I let go of what's in my hands right now. So this is one of the things that I've been telling myself, one of my mantras. What is there to let go of so that I can receive the gift? So how do you know when you have surrendered in support? It's when you feel joy, whether you have your desire or not. And please notice that I said joy, supported surrender does not mean you're going to be happy or not sad or not to have hard things happen or just move with ease and grace and flow all the time. What it means is is that you experience gratitude for living this life, no matter what the circumstances. You are in supported surrender when your value and your worth do not feel dependent on something outside of you when you are held in the arms or in the hands of the universe. One of the easiest and most powerful ways to remind yourself to surrender to the support of the universe is through that essence breath. So take an essence breath now and just jot a few areas of your life down that may have come to you, some of the thoughts that may have come to you as you've been listening And I invite you to ponder and deeply consider where in your life you are in story surrender and where you are in supported surrender. Remember to be friends with your ego, with your subconscious mind. Our mind is not our servant. It is our friend. Allow your subconscious mind to show you these areas. And in this space, after taking this essence breath, check in again on your PEMS essence compass. As I've said before, this stillness and alignment that the answers come when we can feel the support of the universe. I invite you to spend some time in stillness and ponder what does supported surrender look like to you. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts about today's episode, about your experiences with surrendering, And if you know anyone who could use this information, please forward them this podcast. You can always reach me at Christina at embodyyouressencebrand.com. So we'll see you next time, my friends. And remember to be you.